Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. What is going on, No Bad Dog Army? Happy Wednesday. Beautiful day here in upstate New York. Thank you guys so much for the support. As always, I'm going to be answering your dog training questions at the end, so make sure that you listen to the whole podcast. It's a a good podcast with a dog owner who's struggling with a 17-week-old German Shepherd and uh, working on a lot of things that people struggle with, whether it's puppies or older dogs where we're getting the dog to put on the brakes, we're getting a dog to shut down or be fearful of certain things and taking advantage over certain things. So a lot of relationship building stuff here. And we also talked about just just a lot of good things, just just some good dog training information. Um, a couple things, you know, one thing, uh, we were in our members club last night, which is a monthly subscription of uh, uncut footage and uh, content that we put on there, and it's a big community. Uh, the description uh, link is in the description below if you guys are interested in joining. Anyway, we d- I do a live every week with the members answering everyone's questions. And um, one of the questions we got was <clears throat> one of the members said, hey, you know, my trainer said to do things this way and you, you say to do things this way. And I think it was regarding like, you know, an uh, e-collar or something like that. And the way that I put it was a way that I've never put the information before and as I guys tell you guys all the time here on the podcast is as I grow you know as a human and and, and get get diff- have different experiences you know I, I can say information differently that make make more sense as a teacher and so the way that I explained it I said look you know the the dog world for dog owners who are listening and for dog trainers who are listening you guys are going to understand this because as a dog trainer you're going to see a bunch of other dog trainers saying things and as a dog owner you're going to be researching things that are going to all pretty much contradict each other and i tell people that every dog trainer is like it's not a it's not a black and white thing it's like when you're working with dogs it's an art form it's it, it's a it's a form of I'm going to go to a person to have them help with my dog. Maybe this person specializes in certain things. Maybe this person's information hits differently. Maybe this person I like because they're a certain age group or they're a certain whatever, whatever. However, you resonate with that person. I'm gonna drink some coffee here as I'm talking to you guys. Um, so the way that I was explaining this, I said, look, you know, there's like, think about it like any other thing that we have in the world, I, you know, tattoo artists, pizza shops, bagel shops. I mean, think about tattoo artists. It's a good example because those are artists, right? And there's so many different types of them, so many different styles. And there's, I don't want to say equal, but, you know, there's a lot of tattoo artists in every city. And same thing with dog training. There's a lot of tattoo artists in dog training. There's a lot of people who do this type of art. 
And you may, you know, as somebody who has quite a few of them myself, I mean, you may think, hey, you know, I'm going to go get this dragon and eagle tattoo. Literally, there's hundreds of thousands of tattoo artists in your country. And there's probably 15 in your city that you're in or more, depending on where you live. And you're going to go to somebody that you like for certain reasons, right? You like their style, you like their shop, you like how they fade the colors, you like their outlines, you like their, just their style of doing things, how they put the ink on the paper or on your arm, right? As an artist, this is the way I do it. This is my style. But the thing is, is you can go to any other tattoo artist and they'll give give you the eagle and dragon, but it's just going to be different. Every artist is going to have a different style swing on it they're going to have a different way of doing it right so you know and it's the same thing like pizza shops like look how many pizza shops there are sub shops bagel shops right there's so many variations of things and one person's favorite pizza shop in the whole world best pizza ever blow your socks off and you may bring a buddy or a family member there and they're like yeah it was pretty good it wasn't the best like what are you crazy you know so i think that what is the difference because I don't think you see a lot of that in like, you don't see a lot of like, you don't see a lot of it. Meaning you're, you're not like, unless you're like a health code violation thing for tattoo shops or pizzas. It's just like, yeah, I mean, everyone else is kind of doing their own thing. Everyone kind of has their own experience. Some people are going to be good. Some people are going to be inexperienced. Some people are going to be very niched to what they do and so on and so forth. And you know, they're not, I, I don't really feel like I see a bunch of those businesses like don't go to that pizza shop don't go to that tattoo shop it's like every, it there's so much work to go around that pizza shops aren't standing outside of other pizza shops saying come to mine instead this place sucks same thing with tattoo artists it's like imagine tattoo artists are just like we want all the business it's a, it's literally the same thing you guys with dogs except more i mean there's more dogs than people getting tattoos like by far right so 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 why in the industry of dogs are there people out there that are like this person sucks this is the wrong way this is the way to do it it's because of an ego people have an ego dog trainers have egos right something we've talked about on this podcast before and you know it's it's just it's a good conversation that came up last night and the way that i presented it was in this way of like a pizza shop or a bagel shop or a tattoo shop everybody has a different sauce a different dough a different oven brick oven regular oven wood fired whatever and it's just preference i'm like if you go to a dog trainer and you like the information that they're doing. You like how they're presenting themselves. You like how they teach. You like how they educate. You like how you understand it. That's for you. Go do it. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, and, and I think that that's, that's what separates different dog trainers, I think, is as the what really matters is the dog. Second to that, what matters the most is the dog owner because obviously they're making the decision financially to make the commitment to the specific dog trainer, Right. And everybody has a different way. And it's just like so bizarre to me to see people online throw shade and talk shit and talk about this is wrong, this is wrong. Look, here's all. Imagine like 
how much time you have to have on your hands to do that type of stuff. Like, look at it. Like, if a tattoo artist did that, you guys would be like, oh, you know, oh, that's the, that's the person that doesn't really tattoo. They just sit around and talk about other tattooers, right? It just, it's the same thing with the dog world, guys. The people who are, and I've talked about this a lot. I just, I just want dog owners to really get valuable information and understand that the people who are online talking crap about other dog trainers don't have a lot of work. I barely have enough time to eat. I am I'm rifling cereal in my mouth as I'm doing this podcast for you guys. We just had a New York Yankee go home. They came to the house. They picked their dog up. My assistant's asking me questions. I'm taking notes. I'm running around. I'm trying to put down coffee, take care of my new baby, be, you know, running to three or four businesses at a time. I mean, I, it's it's crazy, you know. So just just realize, guys, that you know, when you're going out and you're looking for dog training information and, and you think like, oh, somebody said that you should never do that. If Does it make sense to you? Well, not really because I feel like, well, then go with your gut. Go what makes sense to you. So I'll end on that note, but I just, I'll not end the podcast, but I'll end that little conversation piece. It just, that's really what it comes down to, guys, is does it make one pizza shop bad if you like that one but the best? Does it make the, like, you know, nobody's in comp dog. There's no competition in dog training. There's more than enough dogs to go around. And you got to be very wise about the tribe that you pick to work with because sometimes their interests are to create more cult like following um, rather than actually helping dogs out. So dog trainers, dog owners, if, if you want to Go with a dog training camp that you feel comfortable with and it makes sense to you and it goes against what somebody else said. That's normal. That's okay. That happens. And it's only to the dog trainer's fault of, of making that happen to make people feel guilty and make people feel bad. It's not feeling bad. It's just, it's an ego thing. If somebody does something different that they don't agree with, they're supposed to be the best. Everyone loves them. Everyone's tapping them on the shoulder, telling them that how awesome they are. They're in their comments. They're liking their photos. You're the best in the whole world. And if somebody goes against that and you get offended, that's an insecurity thing. Like, I don't care. I could care less, but I'm really not. I'm an educator. I'm a teacher. I, I don't really get into the dog training crap much. But anyway, it's a great podcast. I'm going to be answering your dog training questions at the end. Make sure you guys head over to the iTunes review chart and leave your review. If you want me to leave your... If, Wow. If you want me to answer your questions, you have to do it on iTunes just because Spotify doesn't give you guys a chance or a uh, area to do that. So can't wait to answer your questions. Hope you guys are well and let's get into it. So I have a 17 week old German Shepherd puppy. Okay. She's a show line puppy, not a, not a working line. Okay. Um, and she's awesome. She also has a heart murmur. So I'm walking a little bit of a fine line right now, trying to get in to see an echo cardiologist to get that looked after. But she's, for the most part, I'm going to say she's normal and whatever. So, um, cool. so that is fine. Um, she's been super easy to train. She's super smart. I have been working from home a lot. So I spend a lot of time with her and she doesn't, um, she doesn't get a meal out of a bowl. Every meal is a training session. She eats from my hand and she learns super, she's super food motivated. Nice. It has no toy drive pretty much at all. So it's all food training that we've been doing. Um, and then, so in the last couple of weeks, she's starting to exhibit what I'm going to call sort of teenager behaviors and maybe they're normal and maybe they're not, but I don't want to ruin this dog. She's just so awesome. And I don't want to, I don't want it to be my fault when things go wrong. So she, um, a couple of weeks ago, started getting really stubborn on walks around the neighborhood. Um, she would just lay down and decide she wasn't going to move. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she's 35 pounds now, so she's too heavy for me to pick up on. By the way, I also, just after she started getting these stubborn behaviors, I also broke my wrist. And so even some easy stuff is not so easy for me right now. So that's complicating things a little bit. But um, anyway, so she'll just lay down and just sit there. Uh, I went online and, you know, I have three different training places that I visit. Yours is one I love. I love what you do. Um, and found a, a McCann training just sort of said, well, you know, put some pressure, mild pressure on the leash and turn your back to her. And, you know, eventually she'll come be patient. So I do that. It works, but she's also learning that she can do that, I think. And I don't really want her to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing she started doing, and this is, um, probably about a week or so ago, she's always been, when she gets super excited, she's always been very bitey, you know, puppies bite. Um, which hasn't been an issue, but up about a week ago, she started, you know, sort of snapping back when she gets corrected. So not, I wouldn't say aggressive. Her tail is still wagging. She'll, she's still really happy, but she's turning it into a game that she can start to bite a little harder. Um, and that's, I'm not enjoying that at all, obviously. And getting her to struggle or getting her to settle has always been a struggle. Mm-hmm. But, but now with, uh, she's figured out she can be a little bit stubborn and she can bite a little bit more. That's getting a little bit out of control and I don't want that happening either. Um, and then she's also, she's leash pulling. And I actually yesterday went online to look at your, um, your video on leash pulling and correcting. And I would say the one thing that I, and I just ordered it today. I ordered a slip line because I have a Herm Springer I haven't used on her yet in part because I, I, I wanted to sort of see how far she would push things without it. And also because I broke my wrist, I can't get the collar on her very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has a Martingale collar that it's not helping it. There is action to it, obviously, but it doesn't, it sits on her larynx. It doesn't sit where it's supposed to. So I'm hoping that the slip lead will be better because it can sit up, you know, higher on her neck the way you want it to and, and get some action and maybe that'll help. Um, yeah. But that's kind of where we are. She, she knows she's got basic obedience down here, sit, stay um, down. Um, she knows those and she will do those without food unless she's being stubborn on a walk. I will also say if, and I do this a lot, take her to a park or a place she's never been. She listens to me like an angel. She, she totally with me. She totally pays attention to me. It's when she's comfortable in the neighborhood and she's like, yeah, I don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um. And so she, and she does a bunch of different, you know, 10 tricks or so with food. And like, she's just, she's just a really good dog. I just don't want to ruin this dog. So that's kind of where we are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. Dogs are fun. They are fun. <laughs> cool. couple things. Um, so I, it sounds to me, uh, you want some just advice on where to start. And also yeah. I think the, one of the challenges that you're having right now is, is just having her kind of like put on the brakes and not move. Right. Okay. Uh, so I would say when you're developing with a puppy, every every dog is different, first of all. Every dog is different. Every breed is different. Every breed and then every dog is different. So the litter mates may all be different as well. So it doesn't, doesn't always – you can kind of hope and pray, you know, okay, this Sherman Shepherd's going to do X or this Golden Retriever is going to do Y or – This terrier is going to, I mean, they all have very similar behavioral traits and some of them more than others. But I think one thing that I would recommend for you is to just figure out, uh, and I'm going to tell you that I just launched a puppy Kickstarter course today. 
I saw that. <laughs> yesterday, maybe, yeah. Yep. So I created it for this conversation piece because this is a conversation I have every day. And I think just putting the content out there, I think will also be helpful even in the future to go back and look at things, look at me actually doing it. So just having this conversation is going to be helpful for you, but also being able to reinforce it with me visually doing it with a, with a dog that's 11 weeks old, you know? So there's that. I mean, normally I would say, well, you know, we're working on, we're working on courses, but now I have the opportunity to say, Hey, I just put out a course that goes over everything you just asked me and some. So that, that being aside, there's like a core thing of things that I like to do with puppies and without even knowing, I actually, when we look back at that footage, we realized that the majority of the stuff that I teach puppies is the, is the things that dogs who have problems are missing. So it's like a natural thing. So there's going to, I'll just list them off and they're not in any, in any particular order, but there's the place command, which is really nice. So you talk about like settling. So a dog obviously is an animal and it's a puppy, energy, suspicion, curiosity, playfulness, etc. Did I miss an, did I mention energy? I'll just kidding. So <laughs> you get all that wrapped into one little ball of fur and or in your case a big bigger ball of fur. So what you want to do is is teach them so the the thing and I'm going to ref- and, and forgive me if I refer to the course often because I, we just spent a lot of time reviewing it and we just put it out less than 24 hours ago. So I'm not trying to say, don't talk to me on the phone, get the course. I'm just simply referring for an easier way for me to communicate. So when, when we were developing the course, I I said the same thing that I'm saying to you. I said, look, I think, you know, people that they will be, my point is, is the pillars and the obedience that I'm about to mention are the things that dog owners should be doing to make their lives easier. So the plate, like you just said, my dog won't settle. Like, what do I do? Do I crate him all the time? Do I put him out back? Do I, you know, what do I do? And so again, like dogs don't really have this off switch other than just going to take a nap and then getting right back up and then doing it again. So the crate and the place are two really big things to be looking for. So when you're doing the place command, that's kind of like your settle, which is essentially, Hey, I want you to go to this targeted location on command. And I want you to stay there until I release you. Okay. So you get a puppy that's, so So for an example, let's say in the morning, what's puppy's name? Echo. Echo. All right. You get Echo out. Echo's going outside, go potty. You get your, you know, long line or retractable, whatever you use for potty let outs. Mm -hmm. And okay, that's done and over with. Let's go inside. Okay. So let's do a little bit of training session. You said that you use your kibble every morning, every meal. Right. So let's work on place. So it's an echo place. We teach we teach echo place and we work on typically what naturally comes with place is either a stay or an implied stay, which is essentially just place. Place means you got to stay there and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter to me. And I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do it. It's just preference. So we okay. say echo, go to your place. Echo goes to the place. We say echo, stay. We come off three seconds, pay echo. Okay, break. So now we just did the place, the stay and the break all within 10 seconds. So you're teaching your dog, go here and settle down. Um, can't get up, or I'm sorry, you can't get off until I tell you. And when I say break, you can be a dog. So it's teaching boundaries 
and thresholds, which again, if you think about the macro of relationships or in my case, a lot of behavioral problems, this is what they're missing. They don't have any of this. Their dogs do whatever they want, when they want, however they want. So Echo, go to your place, which is go to this target. And so the micro is, is your dog's going to learn to go to a targeted location and settle down when you want to read emails and drink a cup of coffee or whatever you want to do. doesn't matter. This is what I want you to do. Okay. And then when you say break, that's okay. Now on my terms, you can be a dog. You can get off the place and you can really do whatever you want with indiscretion. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yes, Absolutely. Perfect. So these are the things that you're going to be discussing. These are the things that you're going to be doing. These are the things that's going to start giving your dog accountability. So, so then what ends up happening is as a, as a bigger whole or a macro is you're going to be able to hold your dog accountable for very basic behaviors, very basic things. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, it does. Okay. So, so then your relationship gets good because then the dog's like, ah, I can't. So then when you start doing sit and you start doing down and you start doing come or you start doing whatever it is that you're doing, <laughs> your dog will then do the things that you want Echo to do until you say break. So there's all this kind of things coming into one. Same thing with the crate. So let's say you're like, you know what, the place, because maybe I have a cat or I have another dog or I have a roommate or I have kids or I have a bunch going, whatever the case may be, there's going to be some situations and some environments where the crate is just a better option, a safer option. So you might teach Echo to go to the crate on command, which is essentially the same thing as the place, except obviously the crate is an isolated targeted area that's a crate instead. Right. Um, so these are the things, you know, like with kids, right? We just, my wife and I just had a newborn three weeks ago. So we're, oh, congratulations. thank you. We are working on, uh, okay, we're working with this sleep person that teaches us like, okay, this is what you need to do. So my point is, is baby needs to go down at this time. Baby needs to feed at this time. Baby needs to be awake at this time in order to get this sustainable. You got mom and dad can sleep through the night. <laughs> So my point is, is there's, there's a routine that needs to start happening. So you start playing things accordingly. And so, you know, and and I have a, I have a dog that I'm working with now actually at my house for the first time in a very long time, because we just had a baby. I'm not really training too much. And I only have one dog at my house right now. So I'm like, okay, I'll take a, a friend's dog out. So I'm doing that. So what I'm doing is, is I'm working on the crate. I'm working on the place. I'm working on all these different things to make sure that I'm successful. Okay. So when you're working on these things, I think that you just have to think of everyone that has a puppy. So you're saying like, you're, you're doing the right thing. You're being proactive. I have a 17 week old puppy. I don't want my dog to end up like the shepherds on your videos, Tom. That's not what I want. (laughs) Right. So what you're doing right now is, is good because you're being proactive to say, I don't want to create problems or, or have problems. So you're starting the crate command, which is like, hey, go to your crate, or the place command, which is, hey, go to your place, the break command, the stay. You're starting accountability. You're, stout, you're starting, we'll talk about leash pressure in a minute, but you're starting all these things off early, which is going to be really helpful. Does, does all that make sense so far? Yep. The only thing I haven't done is the place command. So the crate, she she does. She's actually in her crate right now. Um, yeah, so that, that all makes total sense. Yeah, and so the crate. So a lot of people ask me, like, what's the difference between crate and place? What, why would you use one versus the other? And I think the place command kind of has a hybrid effect. Of, I don't necessarily think 
so like, let's say somebody came over, friends, family, whatever, doesn't matter. Somebody came over and you're like, I don't really feel like putting you in the crate because uh, I I just don't think that that's exactly appropriate right now. I think I want you to be able to see this person. So maybe somebody comes in, Echo gets excited. Hey, you're here. You know, excited dog puppy stuff. Great. Cool. Cute puppy. And then you'd say, hey, Echo, go to your bed or go touch or whatever you're using. And then Mm -hmm. Echo would go to their bed, go to their touch. And you say, okay, down. And you say, stay. So you kind of have your cake and eat it too, where I have this cute puppy that people want to see. And also Echo has an opportunity to desensitize reality. If you're going to have friends and family over, that's, that's reality. That's going to happen. So I think the crate, because what ends up happening, and again, this is, this is such a perfect conversation because what ends up happening is, is what I see in the future where dogs get in their crate and they whine, they get upset, or when they come out of the crate, they're batshit crazy because they're being withheld and there's nothing they can do about it. So then when they come out, they're crazy. But if you do the place, it's kind of this hybrid of, I want you to go over here because my friend that just came over, this person and I are going to sit down and have a cup of coffee or have a glass of wine and just, just hang out. And I don't want to like put you away in the crate and, you know, uh, not have you be a part of this because I think it's important that you see this, but because the more exposure, the more reality that you expose your dog to, the right, better the things better. will be. Exactly. Like again, my 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 Dutch Shepherd Lakota, she has another small little dachshund running around that she's never seen before. She has a brand new newborn. She has babysitters. She has she has people coming in and out. She has all these things going on. But guess what? I'm not. My wife and I aren't losing our minds because right. my my dog's obedience is great. So right. I can say Lakota, go touch. Down, doop, stay. Now I can walk the other dog in and out. I can change the baby's diaper, not worry about. I can do all these things because my core obedience and my foundation is good with my dog. Yeah. So those are the things. Yeah. So that's where the place comes in. Very similar to the crate, except it's just kind of like an open carrier type thing. Like, hey, you're not secluded and the door's not shut, but you still can't get off this until I tell you to. Cool. So, so those are the things um, that just, you know, just right off the bat, bang, 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 rattling some things off. Um, now, as far as like leash pressure and healing, because everything that we're going to be doing as a puppy, the foundation, is right. what's going to set the tone for how your dog behaves in the future, which again, right. which is why I said I made a court, a puppy course. And after right. we made the puppy course, I'm like, this is not a puppy course. This is literally everything I would do with a dog so they don't end up like the dogs that I work with every day. So when we talk about leash pressure and using a leash to communicate, that's your, that is your everyday beginning relationship status. If I apply pressure to the leash, does the dog know how to shut it off? Is the dog going to listen? Is the dog going to fight? Is the dog, in your case, going to plop down and put on the brakes? What are the things that your dog's going to do? So right now with the leash, have you been doing heel? Have you been doing recalls? What have you been doing with the dog right now? So not, we haven't, excuse me, we haven't been doing heel because I didn't know how to teach her that. So we've been doing loose leash walking and she's been fantastic. I mean, she stays pretty much right beside me. Sometimes she flits back and forth between the left side or the right side or whatever, but I thought, well, I'll just learn how to teach you heel later. Right now you're enjoying the walk, mm-hmm. but then it changed, right? Then it became, and she, and she has license to sniff around and be a dog and, you know, I'm not yanking her everywhere or whatever, but, but like I said, two weeks ago, she just decided, oh, I'm just going to sit down. And to her credit, I think, um, well, 
part of it's probably me. I'm sure all of it's probably me, but um, you know, it's hot here. I'm in Cincinnati and it's been really hot here and she's recognized that shade is cool. So she will get to the shade and she will just plop down in the grass and not move. So that's what started it. The heat and the, I can, I can just stay in the cool grass. And now it's just a habit that she can just plop down anywhere and just decide to stop the walk. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when, when I, when she started doing that and when she started leash pulling I started doing like these 180 reversals and making her sit and you know and she's been she's been better but not not I wouldn't say she's I wouldn't say she's great Mm -hmm. I mean it's clearly a problem yeah so you know there's that discretion on being fair and also like tough love you know it's literally it's, it's so funny it's so funny I've been professionally handling and working with dogs for like 14 years now or something like that. And so I, I've always been talking about psych- child psychology and human psychology and how much it, it's it's very similar to dogs. And it's so funny because right now we're doing, again, we have to like put the baby down. And so right now when the baby's crying, because for the first two weeks, it was a, we were just like the baby cried, we picked it up. Now the baby cries because we're doing this new schedule. It's like, is the baby just crying or does the baby need like a diaper change? You know, it's like, so my, my point it's same thing that we're talking about with this puppy is, is the dog too hot and overheated and is uncomfortable and doesn't want to walk because they need to cool themselves down? Meaning, is there like a natural reason why this is happening and there's something that you can do to change it, aka diaper, dirty diaper maybe? I don't know. Same thing. So with the dog or is the dog just going, you know what? I'm done walking. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to walk versus yeah. I can't walk or I think it's dangerous for, for myself to walk. I need to cool down. So I think that plays a big role in this discretionary conversation, especially when you're living in an area in the summer where it's, um, you know, it could be, could be dangerous, I guess. So anyway, I would say when you're out and you're working just in large at a macro dogs who are like, Hey, I'm, they're opportunistic. They're saying, Hey, I'm going to lay down. Is this cool? Like, can I get away with this? And then what a lot of people do, they make the mistake of, then turning around, like, so say you're walking, the dog says, yep, I'm going to lay down here. And you turn around and have a conversation and you allow the dog to do these things. That's where things are going to go south is because they go, I'm going to do something. And then I get a, a reaction. Therefore I'm going to do it, especially if I get a reaction that I want. So if I get a dog that's out or a puppy that's out that says, I want to be lazy bones right now and I don't want to work anymore. I don't want to walk anymore. You have to decipher, are we trying to take advantage of me or are you tired? Are you sore? Whatever the case may be. But if you feel like, Hey, we've been walking for 30 seconds. This is, this is not happening. That's where you have to, and this isn't the majority of it. I'm just saying, I don't want to say always do this because your dog could be, you know, overheating or something, but usually you're, dog owners are well aware of these conditions. So it's a real thing, but anyway, so when you're, when you're just walking, literally just, just keep walking, like don't stop. Uh, so that's the most important thing is a lot of people will stop with their dogs. The dog goes, puts on their brakes and stops. And then you turn around and stop with the dog and they go, okay, this reaction just got this. And so that's what ends up happening. So what you need to do is just continue to apply pressure. So if your dog stops and then they are behind you, 
Yep. You just rock forward and you just kind of give the dog a little pressure. Pop, 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 pop. And then the dog jumps up and moves forward with you. It's like clockwork. She, I've tried that. She doesn't respond to the leash popping. Like I have to put constant pressure on the leash, like at her level. So she'll just lay down in the grass, like with her, literally with her nose in the grass. Yeah. So I can't keep walking because I'd be dragging her. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't, I don't want to drag my dog. But sure. So, so I, I face like away from her and I put the leash at her level. So I'll use my leg or my foot or whatever to keep the leash low and I'll keep the constant pressure on and it. It, 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 she's getting better. Like it was the first few times it was three or four minutes. I stood there waiting. Mm-hmm. Now it's maybe 20 or 30 seconds, but she's still getting away with it, which is, I mean, and maybe she'll come along the way she has been, but I don't, I don't know. Is that the right way to do it? Cause. Well, it's, it's, there's, um, I mean, the right way to do anything with dogs is just whatever's working at the time. So what are you, what kind of equipment are you using when you apply pressure? So she's on a martingale collar uh, <clears throat> and a six-foot leash. But like I said, I ordered the slip lead. It, it should arrive tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so the that, that's the only equipment I've got. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I would recommend is to just – is to just continue to, to the slip is going to be helpful, um, but continue to just apply pressure. But again, like you could, you could turn around and say, you could come on, I go, let's go, let's go. And like, you, you know, do a little couple of squeaks just to get the dog and then yay. Good, 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 good. Yeah. So I have been, I, we also do puppy classes, which are kind of useless, but, but at least there, there's somebody else, you know, to distract her and stuff. And she has, she did respond to that with a yay and, you know, and like, and come. Mm-hmm. Um, but initially, no, I mean, I, I think that she actually really enjoyed me standing there going, here, Echo, come on, Echo, come on, Echo, come on, let's go. It, that she just looked at me like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, like there's, there's, it's hard to say, like, those are just things that really, really, really uh, are, are uh, traditionally successful. It's just like moving forward let's go move her to lose it come on let's go and the dog's like oh, okay you know and that, that those are things that you just have to you just have to overcome and you'll just you'll just find like whatever works best for you and in, in okay. what in what you're doing but it does it definitely takes time it's going to take time for you to figure it out and sometimes two dogs are um i mean there's there's so many different ways i mean that that's like the beauty of what i do in particular is because i just if there's a presented problem i just roll up my sleeves and get creative like within seconds i'm like okay what do we need to do what do we need to do what do we need to do a couple things Uh, long lines are helpful so i i had this one dog one time that it was a mastiff big mastiff dog and i remember it was like one of the first training clients i ever had and i remember this dog just plopping down not moving wouldn't move and i called my mentor at the time Janine. And I said, Hey, what the heck's going on? She said, get a long line. I said, what, 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 what does that matter? She goes, just do it. Trust me. So I did got a long line, 20 footer. I got to the end of the leash and the dog whoop, moved forward. And I was like, Oh, great. So sometimes the long line will be helpful because dogs like to have this argument on the leash where they, they plop, uh, they, yeah, they plop down and they're like, okay. make me. What are you going to do? And then you just walk away and they go, wait, wait, wait. It's kind of like kids, right? Yeah. It's kind of like kids. 
where they're okay. like, you know, they're throwing a tantrum and you're like, okay, I'm leaving. Mommy's leaving. Okay. And then you just walk out and they're like, wait. <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of different ways that you can, you can do that. But that's another thing to do if, it, if it's applicable um, to where you're living and if it's safe. But I mean, that, that's something that I've, and then, so say you do it three or four times and the dog just moves now. It doesn't happen anymore. So okay. you get your long line, 15 foot would be great. And as, and you're just walking on your martingale at the, t- you know, at the time of this training. And then all of a sudden the dog just boop, plops down and you just, you don't even skip a beat. You just keep walking and you start to let the line out and you go, Echo, come on, let's go, let's go. And you just kind of start tapping and then the dog will get pressure. And then pretty soon you're 15 feet away from the dog. And then the dog typically will get up and start running towards you. That's another thing. The other thing you can do is a contact food lure. So if the dog drops down, same thing, you're looking, f- have your treat pouch. If yep. the dog is on your left, have your treat pouch on your, doesn't matter really, but you get a piece of food in your hand, the dog drops down and then you just go back with your hand and then the dog puts their face right against the treat and you lure the dog out of the position. So you got to be careful okay. not to reward the dog for yeah. plopping down, but you have yeah. to also, and you can mark it, like, let's go let's go, let's go. So the dog does it. You go, let's go. And they pop up and they look for that food. There's, I mean, these are just things that are popping into my head. Like yeah, okay. I could go all day, but those are just some things to throw at you to try. Okay. The long line thing is actually a good idea because uh, what I will, I'm afraid to admit this, but uh, one day I was just so pissed off. She wasn't moving or whatever. And she was in like at the end of our driveway and I just thought, forget it. I'm not fighting with you. So I dropped the leash and I said, bye. And I started walking to the house and she's like, wait, wait, wait hold on. And she came running up. Mm-hmm. So the long yep. idea. Yeah, do that. And then the goal, whenever we do these things, right, we drop, the, we do the long line, we do the treats, we do, um, you know, whatever these creative things are that we're doing, corrections, rewards with food or with Frisbees, whatever, is to teach the dog like we get out of these grooves so they just they, it's just seamless like they just do it so yep. so then you don't have to do it anymore the dog doesn't even think about it so yep cool okay that's awesome mm-hmm. so the, the i mean what else what else do you do you have questions on or what else are you potentially concerned about or what other things are you fishing for i mean i think I think trying to get more focus on me when I'm training her, because if I have treats, she's totally focused. And that, you know, if I say, look at me, she looks at me, but if I don't have treats and she's not mm-hmm. wanting to listen or whatever, I don't know how, cause I've seen a bunch of trainers, including you, the dogs just get really focused on you. Um, and I don't know how to create that focus. Okay. I'll try to, yeah, of course I'll try to explain okay. it the best I can. So okay. essentially you have a dog in front of you and you find a motivation and in this case it could be it could be the um i don't know the the treats right yeah. so what you can do is very simply just so that so the dog is going to come up to you and go hey what do you got you got something i love that what is that? Give me that. Give me that. Hey, I know what you got. And their head, you know, they're, they're muzzle punching you. They're like, give me, give me, give me. They're sitting, they're rolling over. They're doing all these different things, uh, you know, that, that helps you, uh, under, you know, really teach dogs new behaviors and things like that. And so anyway, what you would then do is, is say, okay, now do this. Good. Now do this. Good. Now do this. Good. Now do this. Good. So these are the things that you can do 
to really get your dog's um, overall engagement on, you know? Mm-hmm. So engagement is important. Engagement's one of those things that is going to take time for your dog to really understand and also okay. like learn that all good things come from you. Okay. And so the verb so think about the verbal cues or the things that we're asking a dog to do. We're cueing it up. I want you to sit, good sit. I want you to down, good down. I want you to stay, great stay, right? So Eventually, what ends up happening is is the dog is working with with you and not for the food. So again, let's say we have 10 treats on us and we get the dog out. We say, echo down. Yes, good down. Boop, pay the dog. And they're like, yeah, cool. Echo, come. The dog runs towards you. Yes, good, come. Echo, heel. You move forward and you're just paying the dog. And so you're rewarding the dog as you go. And so... In, in in the short, what you're doing is you're teaching the dog that everything comes from you and you're using a payment system to condition the dog on doing good. So good down payment externally would be food or a toy. Good mm-hmm. sit externally. So so the dog so when we when we do good, it's kind of a, a marker. Okay. And it'll like like a clicker. I'm sure yep. you've heard of clicker training. Clicker training is literally marker training. So the yep. dog does exactly what we want. Click treat. Click treat. So when they hear the click, they go, Oh, I did it. Pay me. So yep. some people use yes, some people use good. Who yep. it doesn't yes. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you get it. So you're marking something. So that's what you would do is you would yes pay, yes, pay, yes, pay, yes, every other pay, yes, every third pay, yes, every fourth pay, yes, random. And then sometimes yes is just like, hey, you did it. Good job. And they don't get paid. And they look for it, but they don't get paid. And so you just randomize your food reward schedule so the dog is working for you. And that's it. That's really how you kind of wean these things out. What's the time frame for weaning them out? I mean, she's been, we've been, I've had her for eight weeks. Um, and she gets, yeah. I wouldn't say paid every time, but she gets, you know, like instead of just getting paid for sit, now she gets paid for sit, down, sit. Um, so how, what's the weaning schedule look like? Is it over a period of weeks, months? Uh, it's a good question. And, and it's not, this isn't going to be helpful to you likely, but <laughs> it, it really depends on the dog and it depends on the handler, you okay. know, cause it, cause it's hard to say it, it would be the same as any other thing that we've talked about in life of, I'm going to, I'm going to go in and. You know, it's just like working out. It's like, hey, everybody's bodies are different. Everybody's limitations are different. Everybody has a different mindset. So if I'm a personal trainer and I'm like, hey, I'm going to work with five different people doing the same thing, there's going to be some people that can work longer, harder, faster, more dedication, more willpower, more genetically wired to to lift more, to do more, right? So it's really the same thing. So there's no time frame. But to give you an example, that puppy course that I just put out, yep, and this is no joke, I taught that puppy – everything all the core stuff in two sessions that was it we did the place we did the crate we did heal we did come we did finish which is a military heal we did stay we did leave it we did touch we did like eight different things in two sessions and he would he would isolate those things within very good reason meaning it wasn't just like a routine 
he would do this routine, I would say I would have the place in the crate out and I'd send him to one or the other and he would do it on cue. So, but he's a lab, he's a silver lab. So he's a lab. Yeah. And so labs are easy. German shepherds are also easy. So it really just depends. But then the other variable to that, of course, is going to be the handler. How good are you? How good are your markers and your timing and your movements? And so this, it's hard for me to answer, but just to give you an example of like how fast a dog can do stuff. If you, if you go in at some point, watch that puppy Kickstarter course. I I did everything with that dog in two sessions, two two days. Yeah. Because because Echo, I mean, Echo learns stuff. You show her once and she's got it just about, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Um, it just blows me away how fast she is. So so that's great. Um, yep. I mean, you can probably teach her more because she's, we, I mean, like I said, she's known a lot of this stuff for a long time. I taught her something new the other day to go around a chair. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm teaching her to go around the other way, um, which it's, I'm just blown away how fast she picks things up. So, yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So that that's yeah, like I said, it just it depends. But I think if, okay. if if you're saying everything that she does, then I think you'd be fine with just a couple sessions on whatever you're doing, and then you just and then you just build it out. You just make it you make it better. You you make it longer. Okay. You make the three Ds: distance, distraction, and duration. Okay. Yeah. And then I have a stupid question. I think it's a stupid question. So she's never eaten out of a bowl. She's uh-huh. always, you know, I've always, how long do I keep doing that? Like I can do that for the rest of her life. But, um, did, does she ever get to a point where I don't, where she feeds from a bowl? Yeah. You can start feeding from a bowl whenever. Okay. It's just, that doesn't take away from the training. I mean, she's so food motivated. I don't know that it would, but no, nope. I don't think so. I think you'd be fine with doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you're I think you're already doing everything right. I think if you just switch to a bowl, because one day you just decided to do a bowl, that's fine. But I mean, if she's working really good for the food, I don't know why you would need to. Other than you know, you're running late and she didn't eat breakfast, and you just put it in a bowl. She'd be fine. She doesn't care. Okay. The only time, well, so she's never eaten from bowl. The only time she hasn't eaten from my hand is when I broke my wrist and I had to go to the ER. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> then she ate in her crate. Um, but yeah, okay. Right. And she's not going to care. Yeah, she didn't seem to care. Um, so consequences, I don't really have any consequences for her other than, so the biting, I just walk away. Is that appropriate? Uh, the biting. What yeah. Do you mean? Like she, the nibbling she, and stuff? Oh. Yeah. Well, so when she gets so excited and she starts, you know, to nip at me and grab like my hand or whatever, because she's so high strung at that point, she just won't settle down. I'll do the place to, you know, to place command to get her settled and and whatnot. I'll work on that. But in the meantime, do I just walk away when she's that that wound up? I'm a I'm a little bit more assertive than that. uh, And I think it just depends on on, you know, what you're doing, but I'm a little bit more assertive than that. What I like to do is, is correct the dog if they, you know, do something I don't like. So I'm very assertive in that sense. Like if I'm working with a dog, like if I, if I'm working with a dog that is nibbling on me or is biting me or hurting me in their owner, I just put a slip leash on, leave it correction, leave it correction, leave it correction, you know, and, and, and then the dog goes, Oh, well, I don't like that correction. And then you simply go, well, good, because I don't like you biting me or whatever. And then the dog goes, oh, okay. And that's it. So then, and then you move on. So I think, I think it, I think, but, but there's also like, 
there's also like that can make a dog more frustrated. So there's so many different things. Like okay. a- every answer I'm going to give you, especially with a puppy, is going to have three different answers. And all, okay. none of them are wrong. All of them have worked, but all of them have also failed for certain dogs, which is why question or answer two and three come in. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, there, there's also this thing that dog owners will do is they make a big deal about these things. So if a dog is like sitting there nibbling on you and jumping on you and like doing all these things and you're reacting a certain way, that will certainly make a dog like more aggressive and more amped up. Or they're like, oh, yeah. this is, this is, you know, this is, a, yeah, this is fun. Let's keep, let's keep doing this. Like I'm getting a reaction because you're going, hey, stop. Ow, don't stop. Yeah. Echo, no. And the dog's mm-hmm. like, this is great. This is amazing. Yeah. So you just got to be careful about how you're doing that. And then lastly, I think a lot of people like use their, like they, they, I've just seen dog owners just do some really silly things, but they're like, sit there with their extremities. Like they'll sit there with their, like their fingers and they're just like sitting there and they're like, Hey, like don't. And they're sitting there like poke, like putting their, putting their fingers and their hands in the dog's face. And I'm like, make yourself a fist, put your hands down on the ground and just leave, leave it at that. You know? Okay. Um, anyway, so there's, there's a lot that like that you can do and you just kind of cycle through the things that work. That's it. Okay. 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 Cool. Well, it sounds like I'm not, doing everything horribly poorly. So that's good validation. Okay, cool. Um, The puppy course, I did see the, I'm going to call it an ad. It's not really an ad, but you know, like, Hey, I did a puppy course kind of thing. I didn't see in the, in the, uh, in the links below how to sign up. So is that just, if I go online to upstate Academy, will it be Uh, there? Where did you see the, where did you, Uh, it was on the, I did the leash pulling thing I think I was looking at at the time um, you were doing were you, what video were you on? was it just like an ad on YouTube or something no 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 it was it was you talking I think it, it was it was right at the start of the leash pulling um, YouTube video mm. um, yeah so there's if you go to you, there's a couple of different things that you can do the I mean I could give you the URL or you can just go to my if you go to my YouTube you can go to the YouTube video I just put out today. And then you can just click the link in the description because it says, it says get course, get the course here. And then you can click on that. It's just okay. like a, yeah, it's just pasted right into the YouTube. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll do that. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. It was nice to chat with you and, um, I praise you for uh, being proactive and getting, getting things done now. And yeah, and that course, I mean, honestly, that course is like, so the timing of it literally like I just made it. So anyway. Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, if she's 17 weeks old, I'm, I'm thinking she's probably not too old for it. But I don't know that if, if that's what all dogs that you train are missing that, then any dog needs that, right? So yeah. it doesn't matter how old they are. So cool. Well, and, and good luck with your new baby. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Boy or it. girl? Boy. Awesome. Yeah, it's been cool. fun. I'll bet. All right. Well, it was nice to nice to chat with you. Um, and like I said, I wish you the best of luck and just keep on keeping on. Thank you. We will. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast, and I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. Again, if you guys want me to answer your specific question, head over to the iTunes review chart and leave a review and your question in the review. Lethal Girl, five-star review. Wish I found this sooner. Thank you. 
I found Tom's content on YouTube not terribly long after getting our pup last year, and I have a difficult time finding time to binge all of Tom's content. Recently, I was able to find Tom's podcast and have been binging nonstop as podcast listening is so much easier for me. This content is this content has been so helpful in training my pup the last couple months. Tom's trip and training is a game changing. So grateful for the free content. It's been incredible and value incredibly invaluable. Thanks again, Tom. You're welcome, Lethal Girl. Thank you. Golden Eagle seven 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 seven. Love the podcast and all your content. I have got a I've got a lot of great advice through the podcast. I have a four-year-old lab and husky mix and a one-year-old purebred Siberian husky. My question is about going on walks with both dogs. I recently have begun to walk them individually and they behave amazingly as it's so much more relaxed in so much more relaxed environment and I have the ability to engage with one of them one-on-one. But when I walk them together, both are pulling on their leashes and their prongs almost constantly, the husky more than the lab. Do you have any advice on how to work towards having calmer dogs with all three of us? I was worried my husky would never stop pulling. Uh, And then I discovered that she can just by herself. I would just say what you're going to have to do, Golden Eagle, is um, you're going to have to spend more time with the husky on the walks and then integrate the other dogs in. It's a pretty easy process. You're just going to have to find out which dog is the dog that's triggering the pulling because one dog will act a certain way when the other dogs are around. So I would say get the other dog out, work on it, work on it, work on it, and then just integrate them in. So you just have to take your time and it's something that does take time, honestly. Um, so my, my recommendation is, is have another person help you, uh, with maybe one other dog. So just having the other dog around is the real trigger. So maybe instead of you handling the other dog, you can give it to somebody else and go out and work on that. Hopefully that helps. Such a great resource. Horse loves another five-star review. Thank you so much. I found Tom at a time where I'm at a career fork in the road. I have been working with and training dogs for fun since I was 10 years old. The knowledge Tom provides is so valuable and consistent. Anytime someone asks me about behavioral issue, I think, what would Tom say? I must listen for everyone who has a dog or is thinking about getting a dog. My question is about the place, touch in Lakota's case, meaning my dog Lakota does touch instead of place. How did you get Lakota to learn that when you point at something in her place at the time, how did you transition from a raised bed? It's a very good question. So what I typically do with all dogs is I will get them on the leash and I will teach them the place command or the touch command, depending on what word you want to use. And once they really get it after a couple of days, I'll get a similar or equal uh, bed, cot, towel, whatever, and I'll start pointing really closely. So if, if I'm doing it, I would start pointing in, cl- in in proximity of the other one. I'd say, okay, place, good place. Okay, place, and I'd point over here and I'd use my body to turn. I'd say, okay, place, go over here. I actually covered that in my brand new um, course that we did with Theo, the No Bad Dog Kickstarter course. I covered that exact thing on how to diversify the place command. All right, you guys, that's the end of it. I'm going to get into three more questions when we get back uh, next Monday. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you. Talk to you next week.